you got to get passionate about this thing. If the cross doesn't move you, nothing will move you. I'm offering you something that's greater than silver and gold. I'm offering you something that's greater than an increase in your pay on your job. I'm offering you a... There's no shortcuts to the glory. Week to week living. We've got to multiply our prayer life. We've got to multiply our efforts. And we are willing to give. God will always give it back to us in good measure that is pressed down, shaken together, and running over. Hey, thanks for checking out our Christian Life Church podcast. You will be hearing from one of our pastors or guest speakers, either at our Frankfurt or Lebanon campus. Prepare your hearts and your minds to receive a word from God. Thanks for listening. Enjoy and receive this message. Child of God. Let's try that again. It's a good day to be a child of God. Amen. It is such an honor to get to preach here tonight. Sometimes it kind of seemed like it wasn't ever going to happen. It was a long process getting the building finished, but my, my, my. I give honor to my dad tonight. Thank you for 24 years of not killing me. We'll see what 25 brings. Man. I don't necessarily have a scripture to bring to you tonight, but I do have a word from the Lord. And I wonder right now, if just all across this place, you lift up your hands with me, lift up your voices with me, and let's just ask the Lord to speak to our hearts tonight, to minister to every spirit. Would you do that together? Come on, would you lift up your voice just a little bit in this house? Father, right now in the name of Jesus, God, we ask you to speak to our hearts, to minister to every life. God, I praise you right now for what you're going to do in this place. Let the anointing power of the Holy Ghost flow through your servant tonight. We thank you, we magnify you, and we worship you. And everybody said in Jesus' name, why don't you touch a couple people, look at them in the eye and tell them, I won't give up. Come on, say it like you mean it. I won't give up. Why don't you say it to one more person? I won't give up. Now, why don't you put your hands together one more time as you're seated? Thank you, Lord. Growing up, my dad taught his sons how to be a man, taught what it meant to be a real man. You see, we live in a society today that, you know, men and women, they tell us we're all the same. Everybody's equal, everybody's, you know, whatever. Just watch CNN, you'll hear it. That's why I watch Fox. That one was free. It taught what it meant to be a real man. Taught us how to work hard. Taught us how to hunt. Any hunters in the house? The rest of you, God will save your soul soon. It was important to learn how to work hard, learn what it meant to provide for a family, learn 
what it means to be able to put food on the table. You see, there was a lot of things that my dad taught me. But there was one thing that he taught his sons above all else. And it's that a real man never quits. A real man never gives up. You see, there was a time playing high school sports that I got pretty upset at my coach. It came to my dad. I said, Dad, I'm tired of it. Tired of going to the practices every day. I'm tired of listening to the coach every day. Can you believe he makes me run? Look at me. Brother Kevin, I'm not a runner. Can you believe he makes us work out when it's raining, when it's not raining, when it's cold outside, when it's hot outside? I said, Dad, I'm done. I'm going in tomorrow, and I'm going to tell him, Coach, I quit. My dad looked at me. He said, No, you're not. So what do you mean I'm not? He said, how long did you commit to playing that sport for? I said, one semester. He said, you gave him your word, you made a commitment. Let me tell you what it means to be a real man. It means to never give up and to follow through with your commitments. A real man never quits. You see, there's many men and women in here. You know what it means to keep pressing when the going gets hard. That when things don't work out like you want it to, you learn how to keep on moving. How to keep on going. You see, there's some people, you're tough. You know how to lift weights. You can lift a lot. You can work hard. You provide for your family. You, you Really, you just have it all together. But why is it that even when we have it all right, when we know how to be tough enough, when we know how to talk the talk and how to walk the walk, we're still spiritual babies. We know how to overcome a physical problem. Somebody said amen. We know how to overcome physical sin. But what happens when it's a sin of the spirit? What happens when it's a sin problem, when it's a spiritual problem? I'm here to talk to you tonight about the sin of giving up. Somebody just shout, I won't give up. I, I, I just wish that you'd really say it like you meant it in this place. I won't give up. I won't give up. When the going gets hard, I won't give up. I really wish that somebody in this place would just get that in your spirit. Why don't you shout it one more time? I won't give up. It's the sin of giving up. The old saying goes, when the going gets tough, the tough get going. But I came to preach to somebody tonight. That when the going gets tough, I won't give up. My dad told me one time, he said, son, I didn't raise a quitter. But you see, what happens is there comes a point that we all feel like giving up. I don't feel like working hard anymore. I don't feel like going to my job tomorrow. I don't, I don't feel like pressing on. You see, we live in a generation of feelers. We live in a generation where it's all about, I feel like doing this. I feel like saying that. You see, we live in a world that's okay with incomplete. Students go to the school. They don't do their work. They get an incomplete, and well, it's, that's okay. You tried. We live in a world, we live in a world that says it's okay to not follow through with your commitments. You see, you really can't count on anybody past happy. You see, why does it seem like everybody's committed until something doesn't go like they want it to anymore? 
Everybody's committed until it's something that they don't agree with. I'm talking about the sin of giving up. When we get upset and we say, well, I'm, I'm, I'm finished, I'm, 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 I'm done, and I'm not going to fight the fight any longer. Can I tell you that the enemy loves the sin of giving up? As a matter of fact, there's some people in here tonight, the enemy would love for you to give up. Give up on your walk with God. Give up on your faith. Give up on your calling. Help me, somebody. Give up on your anointing. Give up when you don't feel like it. Give up when it's too hard. Give up when it's a rainy day. Give up when you don't feel like doing it anymore. We all feel like giving up. I said we all feel like giving up. How many people in here you've ever said, I wish I was somebody else? You see, there's sometimes we've got some things to face in our lives. You didn't ask for it. Brother Jason, you didn't ask to be sick. Brother D, you didn't ask to be stuck in a wheelchair. You didn't ask to have cancer in your body. You didn't ask for a physical impalement. You didn't ask to have a speech issue. But the fact of the matter is, is life happens. And could I tell you that the enemy wants for somebody in this place to get discouraged enough tonight to say, I'm going home, I'm putting up my toys, and I quit. But I came to preach to somebody tonight that there's power in not giving up. Come on, I said there's power in not giving up. I wish somebody would lift up your voice and say, I won't give up. I won't give up. How many people in here tonight, you've been dealing with the sickness in your body? Would you stand to your feet? You've been dealing with the sickness in your body. Come on, all over the house. You've been dealing with the sickness in your body. If you've been dealing with it for over a year, just stay standing on your feet. The enemy wants for you to be discouraged enough tonight to say, I'm giving up. I'm going home. I ain't dealing with it any longer. But I came to preach to somebody. I won't give up. I won't give up. I won't give up. You see, somebody in here, you might be asking why I'm trying to get you to say that over and over. I'm trying to get you to say it enough until something gets in your spirit. You see, somebody in this house needs a change in your mind. And when you get a change in your mind, you'll get a change in the words that you speak. And when you get a change in the words that you speak, you'll get a change in your attitude. And when your attitude changes, you'll get a change in your spirit. You've been dealing with sickness. I want you to stand up one more time and throw your hands in the air. Somebody just lift up your voice right now. Father, right now in the name of Jesus. By the authority of the word of God. By the power of the name of Jesus. I speak healing into everybody's spirit right now. I speak life to flow over somebody's body. I speak that a spirit of never giving up would sweep over Christian Life Church right now. Right now. If that's you, I wish you'd just lift up your voice. I said, I wish you'd lift up your voice. 
Paul wrote to Timothy. He said, I fought a good fight. I finished my course. That's funny that Paul says I finished my course. Can I tell you, ain't nobody can finish your course except you. Can I tell you that nobody can fight your fight except you. Nobody can face your demons except you. There's a lot of people, they come, they say, oh, preacher, I want you to pray that my fight would be over. Preacher, I want you to fight my fight for me. I want you to fight my sickness for me. Preacher, I want you to pray that God would just let me have everything easy. But this is what Paul says. He says, I have fought a good fight. Let me tell you what it takes to fight a good fight. Don't give up. He said, I finished the course, your course, my course. He said, I fought a good fight because I didn't give up. I finished my course because I didn't give up. Nobody can fight your fight. We've all wanted to be somebody else. We've all wanted somebody to fight our fight for us. Could I tell you, even Jesus sometimes didn't want to fight the fight. As a matter of fact, Jesus knelt down and he prayed. He said, Father, would you let this cup pass from me? Somebody in here said, I've never wanted to not fight the fight. That's a lie. Even Jesus himself didn't want to fight the fight. He said, would you please, if, if it be your will, Father, would you let this cup pass from me? Is there anybody in this building you've ever asked God that? Would you let it pass from me? But then at the end of his prayer, Jesus pauses. And this is what he says. He says, not my will, but thy will be done. You see, in order for you to understand why you can't give up, Somebody in this place needs to understand that God's getting ready to turn your test into a testimony. I said he's getting ready to turn your test into a testimony. God, I want to know your healing power, but I don't want to be sick in my body. I want to know what it means to be healed. But I don't ever want to go through the sickness. I feel like in this house right now that God's fixing to turn someone's mourning into triumph. God's about to turn somebody's test into a testimony. Let me tell you how God works. He said, I've given you an expected end. He said, I am the alpha and the omega, the ending and the beginning, the one which was, which is, and which is to come. Let me tell you what that means for you and I. He is which was, which is currently, and which will be. But he works backwards, which means he will be, he is, and he was. Well, that's great. What's it mean for me? I'm glad you asked. Here's what he said. I've given you an expected end. Somebody say expected. Say, I've got expectancy. 
It's easy when you're going through the sickness to expect to always be sick. Brother Jason, it would be very easy to expect that you'll always have a kidney issue, that you'll always have cancer in your body. But he said, I've given you an expected end. He's seen the end from the beginning, which means that before I got in my problem, my miracle was already worked out for me. You've come into this place needing a miracle from God. If you lift up your faith in this house, there is a miracle for somebody in this building. The Bible says that you have not because you ask not. Paul and Silas in their midnight hour locked in a prison cell. Chains wrapped around their hands and their feet. They said, well, what you want to do, Paul? I don't know, Silas, what you want to do? Well, we could probably complain. Yeah, we probably could. But along the hour of midnight, they said, I know what we ought to do. You remember that old song that Mama used to sing? I sure do, Silas. We ought to begin to sing that song. Why do you think we ought to sing that, Silas? Well, because I remember growing up, hearing my great-grandpa say, I fought a good fight, and I finished the course. I've ran my race. As a matter of fact, right before my grandpa died, let me tell you what he told me. He had that old red study Bible. How many people in here, you ever saw grandpa's old red study Bible? He had that big old red study Bible. I don't know what he uses it for, preaching or smacking the devil with. He had that old red study Bible in, my, in his hands. He didn't know what was going on in my life at this time. He handed me that big old Bible. He said, I love you, Gentry. He said, I want you to remember one thing. Fight your fight. Finish your course. And you know, sometimes I've got to stop and remind myself. Sometimes I pick that red study Bible up. And I stop and I got to think for myself, if it was good for my grandfather, then it must be good enough for me. I wonder if there's an elder in this house that would stand to your feet and say, I've tried him and I know that he's faithful. I said, I tried him and I know that he's faithful. I wonder if there's somebody, here it is right here. There's one of your red study Bibles right here that my great-grandfather gave him. Come here, Aiden. Let me tell you what your faithfulness does. Come here, bud. Jump up here. One big step. That's why you're light. Let me tell you what faithfulness does. Faith, your faithfulness, keeping your faith and fighting your fight will pass it on to the next generation. There's some people in this house, you want to look at your kids and say, well, you need to go on and serve the Lord, but do your own thing. Could I tell you, somebody's always watching. There's been a generational curse around Frankfurt for a few years. We lose a generation, then their kids decide to show up, get saved, get the Holy Ghost. Their kids get in church, they backslide, then they stay. 
Then that generation backslides. The next generation. And then the cycle never ends. Can I tell you that we need a revival of faithfulness to sweep through this house? I said we need a revival of faithfulness to sweep through this house. Your faithfulness is contagious. Your walk with God is contagious. I've tried the Lord and I've found Him good. The old songwriter used to say, how I got over, how I got over. My soul looks back and wonders how I got over. Could I tell somebody in this place today that the same faith that carried you through this far is the same faith that's going to carry you through the end. Could I tell you, we've all fought a fight. We fought a lot of things. I fought a lot of haters. I fought a lot of naysayers, a lot of backstabbers, and a lot of backbiters. You fought a lot of sickness. You fought a lot of disease. You've lost a lot of things. You might have lost your family. You might have lost your job. You might have lost your mind a few times. But let me tell you what Paul says. He says, I fought a good fight. I've ran my race. And I've finished my course. But let me tell you one thing. You might have fought hell in your life. You might have lost your mind a few times. Let me tell you, I've had to fight hell in my own life. I've had to fight some things in my own life. And I've even wanted to give up a few times. But let me tell you something. While I might have lost a few battles and I've lost a few nights of sleep, I've never lost my faith. The Bible says without faith, it's impossible to please him. But I've came to preach to somebody tonight that your faith will see you through to the mountain. I said your faith will see you through to the mountain. When the fight gets too hard, keep on fighting. When the battle's too great, keep on pushing. There's a story, 1992, a man by the name of Derek Redmond. He was in the Olympics in Barcelona. Derek Redmond was one fast dude. As a matter of fact, he was in the Olympics that year for the 400-meter sprint. Derek had trained a long time. He trained trying to get ready for this one race. He was, you can actually get on YouTube, you can watch the video. Right before the race started, he started doing all of his stretches, getting ready to run his race. Started moving back and forth, trying to get all limbered up. They announced it. They said, runners to the starting line. The sprinters came up, man, they were ready to go. Something got in their spirit. There's just something about race day. Something got in their spirit. They said, all right, here we go. It's race day. I've trained for this. I've waited for it. You see, some of you might be asking why you keep praying and why you keep pushing because you're training for race day. They say, here we go. Here we go. They say, are you ready? Runners, on your mark, get set, go. 
and hear the runners take off one lap after the next. Oh, Derek, man, he was a fast dude. He started to run all around the track. One lap went by. He was good. The second lap, he kept on running. But then about that time, something happened. And all of a sudden, you see Derek, he stops, and he falls down to the ground. Derek didn't, didn't know it at the point, but his Achilles tendon um, broke. Derek collapsed down to the ground. You see, he had an adversity in front of him. He collapsed down to the ground. In case you don't know, that Achilles tendon, it's a pretty painful thing. He falls down. His coach comes out. People come out. They start checking on him. They say, Derek, are you okay? He's down like this. He's on his knees. He's rocking back and forth. The pain is excruciating. They said, all right, Derek, let me help you. And all of a sudden, what you see is you see Derek get up from where he's at. And you see him begin to run like this. His coach comes up. He says, what are you doing? The Derek just kind of pushes him back. And you see Derek, he stops, and then he stops, and he starts crying a little bit. Another person comes up. He said, Derek, what are you doing? Derek brushed him off. He said, i got to go. I've got to go. You see Derek looked out. He saw every other runner had finished before him. <laughs> he saw that he'd already lost the race. And then about that time, he's running. He's running. All of a sudden, he sees somebody else coming up behind him. The person comes up, Derek turns around, he says, stop, stop. He doesn't even know who's coming up. And all of a sudden, somebody came running out of the grand stands, ran down onto the field of an Olympic track, ran down and raced to where he was. Derek looked back and realized it was his dad. His dad picked his arm up, and all of a sudden, Derek began to limp. His dad started trying to walk him through to the finish line. You see, he could already see that everybody else had finished, how disheartening it was. He trained for it. He wanted nothing more than to win the race, but all he could do was look and see everybody else had finished. But you see, Derek wasn't really concerned with winning the race. Derek was concerned with finishing the race. Some people in this place, Some people might be saying, I don't have it in me to win the race. Could I tell you, he never asked you to win it. All he said was, run your race and finish your course. Derek said, Dad, I don't feel like running anymore. He said, son, I didn't raise you to quit, but I raised you to finish. Brother Mark... Your daddy doesn't come to church, does he? Could I tell you that I hear the words of your spiritual father saying, Mark, you might not be able to win the race. You might not have what it takes to beat the competitors, but I'm calling somebody to finish your race. Brother Jason, you don't feel like walking right now, do you? No, I don't. You don't feel like fighting anymore, do you? You've been waiting a long time, haven't you, Brother Jason? You probably hate me for doing this, don't you? That's all right. I love you. He didn't call you to finish, or he didn't call you to win the race, Brother Jason. Let me tell you what he called you to do. He called you to finish. Brother Jason, I want to ask you something. You going to finish your race? I'm finish. I'm going to finish. He said he's going to finish his race. Could I tell you in this house, I feel the Holy Ghost moving through this building right now. He didn't ask you to win your race, 
but all he asked you was finish your race. I don't feel like walking. Finish your race. I can't push anymore. Finish your race. I feel the Holy Ghost moving through this house right now. I wonder if right now you'd stand to your feet and lift up your hands. He didn't call a quitting church. He didn't call the church to give up. But let me tell you what he called us to do. Finish your race. Someone asked my dad one time, Pastor, when are we going to quit building? When are we going to quit? Never. When are we going to quit growing? Never. When are we going to quit fighting? Never. There's a lot of things that can be said about the church. We worship too much. Our sound system's too loud. Sometimes there's an echo. But let me tell you what we don't do. We don't give up. We were getting ready to build the church. Lady at the bank came up to Pastor. Said, Pastor, you can't build this. We're not going to give you what it takes. Sorry. He said, we can and we will. You know what the lady told him? I know you will. That's just how you people are. Yes, ma'am, it is. We don't give up. It's been a long three years to get to where we're at right now. Been a lot of giving. Been a lot of building. We've all got mad and stormed off this job site two or three times. Brother Kevin's waving his hand. Me too. I have to. It's all right. It's been a long process. But I felt the word of the Lord come to me. I felt the word of the Lord come to me. He said, I've given you a building. I've given you souls to fill it. And all I'm asking my church to do is one thing. Don't ever. Not going to do it. I can't do it. I don't have it in me to do it. Don't. Ever give up. 
See, somebody in this place, he never said it would be easy. He never said it would be fun. He never said that you'd be happy. But this is what he said. Everything you need. Everything you need. He's the lawyer in the courtroom. The doctor in the hospital room. The friend to the friendless. A father to the fatherless. Hope to the hopeless. He said everything you need to finish your race, I've already given it to you. Everything you need to fight your fight, I've already given it to you. The Bible calls him Jehovah Jireh, my provider. Jehovah Nisi, the Lord, my victory. Jehovah Shalom, the Prince of Peace. He's the Lord, your banner. The Bible says that when the enemy comes in like a flood, that the Lord will lift up a standard against him. There's people in this place. We've had the first service. I'm thankful for it. We've already had people get the Holy Ghost. We ought to thank God for that. But let me tell you what the Lord wants to do in this house tonight. There's somebody in this place. You felt like giving up. And you felt like throwing in the towel. I can hear the words of your spiritual father right now. He didn't raise no quitter. I said he didn't raise a quitter. He didn't raise a quitting church. A quitting people. A quitting son or a quitting daughter. I wonder in this house if there's anybody you lift up your hand and say, I've been facing some things in my life. Come on, I've really been going through it. Why don't you run down to this altar right now? Come on, just as quick as you can. As quick as you can. I feel the Holy Ghost. The Bible talks about the healing of the sick. The words, according to your faith, be it unto you. It's your faith that's going to carry you through the race. Fill in this front. It's all right. I'm not going to bite. I might spit a little bit. He said, according to your faith, be it unto you. Nobody can fight your fight for you. Nobody can have your faith for you. But I feel like in this place right now, that the Lord's about to pour out his spirit on somebody. I feel the wind of the Holy Ghost moving through this house right now. The spirit of the Lord's about to sweep into this place. And there's going to be a spirit of perseverance come to this church. There's going to be people you gave up a long time ago. The Lord's getting ready to revive somebody's spirit in this house. A calling's fixing to be revived in somebody. A ministry's fixing to be revived in somebody. I wonder if right now you've been waiting for an answer a long time. You've been needing God to do something in your life. Why don't you lift your hands all over this building? Just lift both your hands. You just came down to the altar. 
Our singers are going to get ready. We're going to pray the prayer of faith in this house tonight. And the Lord's getting ready to do a miracle in somebody's life. And then we're going to have a spirit of worship that's fixing to sweep through this house. Your praise is going to bring you through your trial. Your praise is going to bring forth a testimony for the things that you've seen God do. I want you to look to your neighbor and tell them what you need the Lord to do tonight. Could you tell them just real quick? Thank you, Jesus. Here's what we're going to do. Whether you're sick or whether you're not, I just want you to reach over and put your hands on your neighbor. I want you not only to pray a prayer of healing over somebody, but I feel faith rising in this house. We don't need to wait until January and February. God's trying to release his spirit in this place. There's fixing to be a breakthrough in this house right now. I want you to lift your hands all over this building. We're going to pray the prayer of faith right now. And when we pray the prayer of faith, I want you to throw up your hands. And I want you to begin to magnify the Lord with the loudest voice that you can muster. And then we're going to begin to praise and to worship in this house. And the Spirit of the Lord is fixing to move through this building. Miracles are going to happen. Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? By the authority of the Word of God and by the power of the name Jesus, I command you now to receive your miracle, to receive your healing, to receive your deliverance in the name of Jesus. Someone shout, hallelujah, hallelujah. Come on, somebody lift up your voice. Somebody lift up your voice in this house. Come on, there's a miracle happening. There's a breakthrough coming. I feel faith rising.